time to rock your midlife with Dr. Ellen Albertson. Are you ready to get real, break through, and learn how to make your midlife the best time of your life? Take on those life challenges and turn them into opportunities? Let's rock. Here's Dr. Ellen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Rock Your Midlife. I am Dr. Ellen. I am the Midlife Whisperer, and I'm so excited that you are here today. This is where we give you tools and techniques to really help you to rock your midlife and make your next chapter your best chapter. If you're a new listener, welcome. So happy to have you here. And if you're rejoining, thanks for sticking with us. Please leave a review. Let me know what you think about the show. And if you want to reach out to me, you can always find me at themidlifewhisper.com. That's themidlifewhisper.com. And on today's show, I am delighted because we are talking about two of my absolute favorite topics, yoga and giving to yourself and to others. And you're going to meet a woman who will inspire you to give back and give to yourself by getting out your yoga mat. Her name is Jordan Ashley, and she is a yoga teacher, abuse survivor, and founder of Sojourn Yoga, a nonprofit dedicated to raising awareness and funds for girls' education through yoga retreats around the world. And she is an amazing woman going back for a PhD. I think she's joining us from London. Personally, I am actually in Austin, Texas, which has been super interesting. I love in the laptop lifestyle, being able to travel. It's one of those things at midlife that I had on my radar screen. And now that I have an amazing partner who wants to travel to, we are actually going out there and doing things. So it is a really, really cool place. So here's a couple of things we're dishing about today. Why giving back increases health, happiness, and joy. How to find your path to giving back. The benefits of yoga, both on and off the mat for midlife women. What is selfless service and how midlife women can reinvent themselves and make a difference in the world. So it's going to be a super powerful show that's going to help you to thrive and be happier and healthier at midlife. So I want to talk a little bit about my yoga story because we're you know, talking to a yoga teacher today, really encouraging you where whether you are a longtime yogi or you don't even know what a sticky mat is, I encourage you to give it a shot. Personally, I have been practicing yoga since I was about five. I actually learned because I was studying modern dance with the Martha Graham technique. I was living outside of New York City and her company, True People, would come and they would teach us. And a lot of her movement was based on yoga. So a lot of a lot of, uh, you know, downward dogs and bridges and all kinds of interesting moves I really incorporated into my DNA. I did it for years. My mom actually practiced yoga as well. It was back in the day where we would meet with a woman who was a teacher who had a guru in India and we would wear, remember Dan skin leotards, right? That was like the only yoga wear of the day. Um, so I practiced yoga, you know, in my youth a bunch. And then, you know, when I became a teenager, I just gave it up. I became a runner. I was running five to 10 miles every day. I really lost that connection with my body. I went from being connected and being joyful and enjoying my body to, to beating it up and overcoming it to push myself further, to be faster, to be stronger, to win races. And unfortunately, that really continued into my 20s, my 30s. And then Something cool happened in my 40s. Actually, I was a personal fitness trainer, so I was all about spin classes and lifting weights and getting muscles. But I was going back and getting a PhD in psychology. And as part of my PhD, I was fortunate enough to study mindful self-compassion at Omega Institute. And they had a 
morning and afternoon yoga class. So I was like, all right, I'm feeling a little bit creaky. I, I feel like all of the lifting and things I was doing, you know, I needed to bring more stretching into my life. And I, I started taking morning yoga classes. There was a wonderful teacher from Hawaii. And so I got back into my yoga practice and I pretty much have been practicing ever since. Um, it's so powerful. It's really helped me with my negative body image and getting that connection with my body through I've been talking a lot about my um, cancer journey. I was diagnosed with um, breast cancer. I'm fine. I'm in remission. It was early stage 1A. But, you know, there's this point where you get to and you feel a little bit like um, my body is not doing what I want it to do. And I was on the yoga mat with one of my favorite teachers, Heather, and I realized like, wow, there's like this really small percentage of my body that's gone rogue, but 99% of my cells are just there and they're supporting me. So wherever you are at, know that if you are alive and breathing, there is more going right with your body than not. And so these days, I actually go to some place called Sangha Yoga Studio in Burlington, Vermont, where I live. I do a lot of the virtual classes because I actually live a little outside of Burlington, but try to get in town. And they're an amazing place because they actually are a nonprofit and they have five different service programs for people in recovery, for people who've had traumatic brain injuries and a bunch of other things. I volunteered there and I just find that volunteering um, is so powerful. It really um, does make you happy. Studies have found that giving boosts your physical and mental health. Um, volunteering is associated with a part of your brain um, that we know is about satisfaction and it starts to fire when you give. So whether you are open up, up your wallet and trying to help support causes you believe in by donating money or you actually donating your time, you really change your brain. And whether you're volunteering for an organization or offering emotional support to loved ones or donating to charities, helping good, again, is great for you. Health benefits include lower blood pressure, increased self-esteem, less depression, lower stress, longer life, and greater, greater happiness and satisfaction. I think for me, the bottom line is that Helping others, being kind, being compassionate actually makes you feel good. And there's a lot of research that really backs this up. So supporting others helps you to get a little bit outside your comfort zone, to not focus on what is going wrong in your life or things that you don't like and really um, help others. For me, I have been um, volunteering actually for years before COVID. I was volunteering at the Turning Point Center, which is a recovery center in Burlington and at a local hospice center doing Reiki. And I absolutely loved it. And then this thing called COVID hit. And so I actually stopped doing that because Reiki is about hands-on treatment to really help people connect with themselves. It really helps with stress reduction. And it was super powerful and I loved it. But because of COVID, I took a little break and then I got breast cancer. And so I haven't been volunteering as I was thinking about this show, I'm like, wow, I'm kind of been not volunteering regularly the way I used to. And now these days, I've for some reason, I'm feeling um, called to work with kids. So I started filling out an application to become a big sister. So I'm kind of excited about mentoring kids, partially because after my breast cancer diagnosis, I just kind of want to, I don't want to be dealing with kind of medical things. I feel like I want to be doing something that's more fun, more uplifting. So that's kind of where I'm at. And I wanted to tell you my three-step process of how I go went about 
finding my next uh, chapter in terms of volunteering and how I help my clients do that. Because I would say most people who come to me for coaching, they're missing passion and purpose. And we always think about, okay, what's my work? What's my job? But your work is you know, also what you do in the world. You don't necessarily have to get paid for it, although you can in order to find something that lights you up, that helps you to really give back. So here's the process that I use. You might want to grab a piece of paper and write these down. First of all, take some time, maybe do a little journaling and think about what am I passionate about? What are the things that I like to read about? What do I tend to gravitate about? And also, what are the problems in the world that are really on my radar screen? Let's face it, there is so much going on in the world right now in terms of things that need addressing. And I think it's it's cool to be a Western woman. The Dalai Lama says that the world is going to be saved by the Western woman. And I think we really, as people who influence up to four generations, our kids, our grandkids, our peers, our parents... We have a lot to give back. I feel like the, the first 25 years of life is really where we are learning, we're growing. The second 25, maybe 25 to 50 is kind of where we are thinking about fame and fortune, how to make a living, find our place in the world. And then we get to this place after 50 where we're thinking about, okay, how do I contribute? What do I do, what do, I do to make a difference? So think about what's a problem in the world, a problem or two that you'd like to solve is, you know, are, are you interested in leaving world hunger? That's something that I'm passionate about. So I give to a number of places that help to alleviate um, hunger. I actually take our excess produce that we have in our garden and I bring it to food shelves, which feels really, really spacious and great. Um, you know, there's certainly a lot that can you can do to help in the world. So think about that. And then think about what do you love to do? What would you do all day long um, if you could? And what are your strengths? What are the things that you like to do automatically? So do those first things. And here's the third step, which is super important. Listen to your intuition. You incarnated here. You are here for a reason. You do have a purpose, whether you have discovered it or not. You really do. Whatever age you are at, it is not too late to find that. So listen to your intuition. And that's really a matter of just getting silent getting quiet and just sitting down and maybe asking God, source, spirit, whatever you tend to tap into your consciousness. What am I here to do? What's my purpose? And watch what shows up for you, both in terms of what pops into your head. And then also, you know, watch what coincidences happen. See, you know, who reaches out to you on LinkedIn or Facebook? What conversations do you overhear? What kind of books leap out at you? And, and see the coincidences, the synchronicities that start to show up. So really, again, find what you're passionate about or the problem in the world that you'd like to help solve. Take a look at your strengths and what you love to do. And then sit back and listen to your intuition because it really knows what your path of service is. And so my next guest is all about service. She is Jordan Ashley. And she knows a thing or two about yoga and giving back. She is a yoga teacher and she is founder of Soul Journ Yoga, which is a nonprofit that raises awareness and funds for girls' education through yoga retreats around the world. And get this, she's been featured in Forbes, Yoga Journal, the Los Angeles Time, New Balance, Reebok, the Evening Standard, Marie Claire UK, and more. She is an activist, a writer, a yoga teacher, a TEDx speaker. I watched her TEDx, which is amazing. And she's also getting a PhD. Welcome to Rock Your Midlife, 
Jordan, it's so awesome to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Allen. It's really a pleasure to be here and to be able to, to chat with you. Um, it sounds like you've been on such an incredible yoga journey yourself and how amazing at, at five to um, already have that kind of embodiment, you know, practice with, with yoga and with dance and Martha Graham of all things. That's so cool. Oh, thank you. But the cool thing about yoga is we're always beginners, right? We always want to get on the mat. So if you're listening, you're thinking, hey, yoga is not for me. I get really intimidated. I'm, I'm here to say that wherever you're at, you can learn yoga. And there's so many great online offerings, which make it really nice if you're feeling a little intimidated about getting to a class and, you know, putting on those uh, uh, stretchy outfits, putting on some spandex. So let's start off talking about the benefits of yoga for women at midlife. I think there's a multitude of um of different ways um, that that women can can access the yoga practice. I think, you know, normally when we think yoga, we think of the physical practice and the asana or the different shapes. And as you said, that can be really intimidating, especially if you, for the first time, are going into a class with with a room full of other people and strangers in terms of kind of wanting to contort and bend into these different straight uh, different shapes. But um, you know, there's seven other um, limbs of yoga that's called like the eight limbs of yoga in terms of what actually is yoga. And when we look at the word yoga or yuj, as you know, it means um, to yoke together or, or union. And so, you know, there's other aspects that we can also um, lean into as well that might be a little bit softer or a little bit more um, accessible, um, especially for someone who, um, you know, might be um, struggling with, you know, wanting to go to a class or even, you know, getting on the mat. So um, I think meditation is a great entry point because that's something that you can do anywhere, anytime, even if you just sit for a minute um, and just focus on your breathing. You can even do it on public transport um, or, you know, if you're waiting to pick up your kids, you know, after school and you have a moment in the car. Um, you know, I think meditation is something that that should get, you know, more attention. And um, for some reason, I guess maybe it's not quite as, you know, um, shiny um, as as the physical yoga practice. But but I love it. I think it's something you know everyone should should do. Yeah, it's interesting. I, when I tell my, or I encourage my clients to meditate. They're like, well, the minute I sit on the uh, you know cushion, I start. My brain just goes crazy, and and that is what what happens to everybody because our mind is going a mile a minute, and when we slow down for the first time our mind doesn't slow down with us. But really, meditation isn't about becoming a good meditator. It's about learning how to work more productively with your thoughts. And I love what you said about the breathwork piece, because what happens is even if you take three deep breaths, if you're listening right now, just you know, take three deep breaths. Exhaling a little bit longer than the inhalation. And then just notice how you feel. I know I needed a moment of that to ground and center myself. And what happens is when you breathe deeply, you turn off your sympathetic nervous system, that fight flight that I know so many of us are experiencing, and you turn on the rest and digest the parasympathetic. So I think you're right, Ashley, something anybody can do. You can do it, you know, if you stop the red light for a minute, keep your eyes open, take a couple deep breaths. If you found, oh my God, I just exploded at my kids or my spouse, or I'm having trouble at work, or you're in the grocery line and it's really, really long, you can take a moment for yourself and meditate. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, and of course, like my entry point, and I think a lot of people's entry point to yoga is often the physical and kind of, you know, maybe you discover meditation or breathing, you know, down the line. Um, but in terms of the physical practice, I think oftentimes it can be a little intimidating, like, oh, I need to learn how to do an inversion. I need to learn how to like, you know, stand on my hands or like stand on my head or, you know, twist myself up into a pretzel. And I, I think even just going back to like the basics um, in terms of really taking your time and exploring kind of like the different the different levels of it. So, you know, starting on the ground and just being in a child's pose and just giving yourself the opportunity to, to notice, you know, the different parts of your body that turns on and then kind of moving into maybe, you know, a little bit of a flow, like cows and cats and downward facing dog and exploring some of the warrior shapes and some of the balancing shapes like tree pose. And then, you know, as you mentioned, you know, bridging, which is a fantastic, you know, heart opener and, and then, you know, moving into forward folds, um, you, you get a really well, um, structured class. It's kind of like a rainbow, right. In terms of like moving, moving through the arc. Um, and that was one of the ways that, um, I learned to practice and then, you know, later learned how to teach. It's that you're not trying to throw everything into the kitchen sink. You're just doing, you know, little bits at a time and you meet yourself where you are. Right. So it doesn't matter if the person next to you is doing something completely different. It's about really staying present, um, on your own mat and, um, knowing that, you're having a unique experience and a journey. And even if someone's guiding you, everyone's also around you having their own, you know, unique experiences as well. And I think that's one of the most unique and special things about the actual yoga practice when you do enter uh, into a class. Yeah. And it's always changing too. Everything is different. And I would say if you're thinking about finding a teacher and you're you know, you, you have either limitations or you're a newbie, find a teacher that you really feel comfortable with. I love, again, Sangha, we actually have accessible yoga. So one of my dearest friends teaches a chair practice that anybody can do. I mean, even if people are in a wheelchair, they can't, you know, do even do a downward dog. She actually is able to modify everything. So find a teacher that really gets you, that values you, that, you know, you really do connect with. And I love that you mentioned um, lying down too, because one of the most important and most difficult poses in yoga is actually corpse, where you're just lying down and just being present with your body and your breath. Yeah, absolutely. And then also too, um, I think there's been a lot of conversation around like trauma-informed yoga and being able to even modify but modify, um, you know, different shapes so that they do feel approachable and that they're not, you know, triggering. And so um, I was working, we have a yoga project in Rwanda, it's called our on the ground yoga teacher training. And that was something that I had to keep, keep in mind in terms of, you know, sharing and um, experiencing the yoga practice with a group of women who are survivors of um, the genocide against the Tutsis from, from 1994. And it's interesting because you're, you're you never know what someone's experience is when you're in a yoga class you know what the person next to you or in front of you or behind you has gone through but in that situation just knowing the historical context and the ages of the different women it was a matter of even modifying rest pose so that it didn't feel jarring and it didn't feel um like a scary place and so you know we did constructive rest i said you can lay on your side you can lay on your stomach um you can even sit up and meditate if that feels like it's more uh, approachable in terms of finding that kind of final moment of, of, of solitude and, and relief. Um, but I think that can be said for, for any yoga class. It doesn't really matter where in the world you are. Yeah. You can just to 
stay in child's pose or stay in corpse pose or stay in legs up the wall. I mean, if you are in with a good teacher who really understands the roots of yoga and understands what yoga is all about, they will honor that. You know, today I just want to sit in child. I just want to be in child's pose. I just want to put my legs up the wall, but I want to be in some kind of community. So it's great that you can modify and finding that teacher. And I love that example of people who have been through trauma, who might feel certain poses are triggering for them. So let's talk a little bit about the benefits. So let's first of all, talk about the benefits on the mat. So what are the sort of the physical benefits of a regular yoga practice? Yoga helps you feel flexible. It helps you with like mobility um, in terms of you know, building strength. Um, it's also really good for your core. And I know that might sound like a little bit, you know, silly because we often maybe don't um, keep, we don't often think, you know, yoga equals core, but especially as we get older, we need to keep our spines nice and healthy. So, you know, doing some of the more, you know, challenging shapes um, that connect with our abdominals, um, I think can really lend itself later down the line with, um, with helping our spines. Yeah, that's really important too, because I know mid midlife, we get a lot of back pain if we're sitting a lot, if we are driving. Um, and I find when I do regular yoga practice, I do a little Pilates too, and really work on that core, it creates kind of a girdle of strength that really helps. And, you know, and I, I think women in midlife too, I mean, for me, one of the big benefits has just been body image. I work a lot with self-compassion and body image and also find that yoga makes me really amazed at function over form, right? I'm just amazed that my body can still, you know, do a wheel that I can, you know, still stand, I can stand on my head and do all of these poses, just amazed at what my body can actually do. And it has a lot of benefits for body image. Can you touch on that a little bit, how it's perhaps helped you and some of your clients? Because I know at midlife, well, a lot of women have body image issues because our waistlines are expanding. We're moving away from that youthful ideal. And it, I, I've found it really helps me to feel good about my body and myself. Yeah, I think one of the most you know beautiful things about the yoga practice is if you, if you, you know, um, either practice at home by yourself or in a studio is that unless it's like a Bikram studio, there's not mirrors. And I think oftentimes when we, you know, go to exercise classes, like I know even for me, I went to a bar class, you know, last night, I'm like constantly like looking in the mirror and it's even beyond adjusting my posture and adjusting my form. It's then kind of getting in your head of like, oh, this used to look different. This doesn't fit right. This is hanging out where it didn't used to hang out. And, you know, I love that the yoga practice, like there's no mirror. And so you're not looking at yourself and you're not constantly like criticizing yourself. You're really giving yourself the opportunity to, to explore and to flow through the shapes and then also get in tune with your body. And so it's not so much how it looks, it's, it's more so how it makes you feel. And I think that's one of the most, you know, empowering lessons of it all is that, you know, it doesn't matter if how, how it looks, it's, it's more so right here, right now, what is, what are you tapping into? And hopefully it's making you feel, you know, beautiful and self-confident and, and grounded. Yeah, that's a, a great point. And, and do find a studio that doesn't have mirrors. I think there still are some studios that do. And particularly if you are doing yoga in like a gym and they're using exercise studio, exercise places. I mean, it's, it's hard to, I think the social comparison piece, and we can talk about maybe how you can get away from that. I know myself as I'm I'm staring at 60 right now and I'm always the oldest person in the room and I'm in with all of these 20 and 30 somethings and it can be a little intimidating. We do social comparison automatically, which means we compare ourselves to other humans. It's something that humans do, whether it's on social media or it's in real life. We did it 
you know, tens of thousands of years ago to see where do I fit in with the tribe. But now we're comparing ourselves to literally potentially millions and millions of other people and feel like we come up short. Do you have some suggestions if someone is like, I want to do yoga, but I step into class and I compare myself to everybody else and it makes me feel like I'm less than or I look online and I see, you know, all of these yogis with these perfect bodies doing these, you know, impossible forms and I feel like I'll never get there. So what do we do about that social comparison piece? I think it's hard. I think at some point you kind of just have to surrender. And and that's, you know, even outside of the yoga practice is just kind of surrendering and saying like, this is who I am and, and owning it and, it and really just acknowledging that it doesn't matter if the person in front of me is is doing something, you know, circus soleil and like acrobatic and the person behind me has been in the child's pose, you know, for the entire class. Um, I know for me, that's something that I definitely struggle with. Like I'm super injured. I have like a double hip impingement, you know, I should really have hip surgery, but I, you know, I can't really seem to find the time to, to like squeeze it in. And my rotator cuff is a mess and my low back. Anyways, I have a whole laundry list of like injuries and that prohibits me from doing a lot of shapes. And it's like, oh, you teach yoga. You, you should be able to do this. That's something that people will say to me. Or if I go to another exercise class and it's like, you're so tight or you're so stiff. And it's like, but that to me isn't really what yoga is. It's not about, you know, being, there's this great expression in, in the UK. They say a, a bendy wendy. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's not really about being like, you know, a bendy wendy. It's, it's just about, I don't want to say it's about putting on a brave face, but that is kind of what it is. It's just, you know, you going in and you're going to do your best for that day, for that moment, for that class. And that's perfect. That's, that's all you need to do is, you know, showing up is, is most of the work. And once you leave, I don't think I've ever walked out of a yoga class, honestly, and, and felt worse than one before I arrived. So, um, you know, just being open to it. Yeah, that's a great point. You don't need to be a bendy wendy, but on the flip side, and I'm, I'm with you, you do feel better. And I think that's the thing to notice, like, okay, I took this class. I put some of my fears aside. It's definitely stepping outside my comfort zone. I got to know the teacher and, you know, you do walk out feeling better. And I think it's also really cool that you can progress. Like I, you know, I'm working on, you know, some arm balances and different things. I'm trying to get the courage to do a headstand. Um, I'm sorry, a handstand. I can do a headstand. I'm not a worried about going upside down, but for some reason, headstand and dolphin um, are challenging for me. I keep thinking, I'm, and I know I'm strong enough to do it, but it's kind of fun to step outside your comfort zone and try new poses and see yourself and how you are actually progressing and certainly seeing like how much more flexible you're getting. And that's something that we lose flexibility at midlife, mainly, if, you know, you, you know, use it or lose it. If we're not stretching our muscles, things are contracting and it's super important to have mobility can really help you to feel good, to feel less achy and to have more mobility. So we are going to take a little break. And when we get back, we're really going to dive more into this idea of selfless service. We're going to talk to Jordan about soul journey yoga how you can get involved and it really inspire you more to make a difference in the world you're listening to rock your midlife we'll be back after the break become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america midlife can be challenging you may be sandwiched between growing kids and aging parents dealing with menopause, and trying to find work-life balance. 
Or maybe your life looks good on the outside, but inside you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed and wondering how to get your confidence and joy back. You need someone to help you get real, discover who you are, and navigate life. Hi, I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer, and I'm here to help. I've worked with hundreds of midlife women, went from surviving to thriving at midlife myself, and literally wrote the book on this pivotal time period, Rock Your Midlife, Seven Steps to Transform Yourself and Make Your Next Chapter Your Best Chapter. Think of me as the one-stop shop for all your midlife needs. I'm a psychologist, nutritionist, and board-certified health and wellness coach with 30 years of experience empowering midlife women. I provide nutrition consults, life coaching, and free resources to help you transform your body, your mind, your career, and your relationships. Feeling stuck? I can help you figure out how to live authentically with joy, passion, and purpose. Every Wednesday here on Voice America, live from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I share my passion for making the most of midlife and my expertise on the most pressing midlife issues from changing family relationships, managing stress, and securing enough resources to rediscovering yourself. I also interview experts from around the world to help you navigate your life. For more information, please visit my website, themidlifewhisperer.com, for fabulous resources, including my free gift, 10 Tips to Rock Your Midlife. That's themidlifewhisperer.com. Hope to see you there soon. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Rock Your Midlife with Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer. Have a question for Dr. Ellen or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here again is Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Rock Your Midlife. I'm Dr. Ellen Albertson, the Midlife Whisperer. Thrilled that you are here. Hey, if you're enjoying the show, let your friends know. Leave me a review. And if you want to reach out to me, just go to themidlifewhisperer.com. That's themidlifewhisperer.com. I have a lot of wonderful freebies for you, including 10 tips to rock your midlife. I would love, love, love to connect with you. So we're talking about connection. I think that's one of the most powerful things about yoga is connecting with yourself, connecting with other people. I think there's more, there's wonderful communities around yoga. I think for me too, it's also nice too, because I'm kind of leaning away from alcohol. It just, alcohol is not doing a thing for me. I used to, you know, you know, have drink socially a little bit here and there, but it's a wonderful way if you're not interested in connecting with people around social drinking and things like that, that I, I find it's just really like-minded, interesting people And it's just a really powerful way to connect with yourself, connect with other people, to strengthen your body, to get more flexible, and to really get to know yourself. So we're going to switch gears a little bit and and move away from the benefits of yoga and how to start your yoga practice and really talk more about 
finding your purpose, selfless service, making a difference in the world. Because I think at midlife, that's really one of the most powerful things that you can do because you have talents, you have abilities, you have things that you are passionate about. You have problems that you're seeing in the world that you want to change. So we're going to dive right in this. Let's start out again. We're talking with uh, Jordan Ashley and his founder of Soul Journey Yoga, which is a nonprofit that raises awareness and funds for girls' education through yoga retreats. So it's so cool that she has married her love of yoga and being a yoga teacher with her love and passion for helping girls. So actually, before you dive into selfless service, Jordan, how did you get there? How did you come up with this idea? How did you, you know, kind of get on this path of finding your purpose and selfless service? So it was a little bit of, of like kind of a round story or like a circular story. I think oftentimes when, like when I used to hear people say like the path, path of purpose or of like life's work to me, it always seemed very like linear, but mine was actually a little bit of like a roundabout. So, um, I'd always done yoga like when I was really little and I really got into it in high school and then at university because it was an opportunity for me to to have time for myself. And I would even go in between classes, sometimes, you know, twice a day. There was a studio that was about six blocks up from um, where I was studying in New York City. And I actually ended up um, my first year doing a study abroad program in Cambodia. And it was really random. It was just, I'd heard about it. I think I'd seen a flyer on like a bulletin board and I went to the meeting and I saw like, oh, you can, you know, there's an opportunity for for the winter um, winter section to, to go do study abroad and CM rape. And I went and I didn't have any expectations and it ended up being really uh, life-changing um, for many different reasons. And I lived with this incredible woman, her name's Harry Lee. She's the founder of the Harry Lee Foundation. And she supports over 2000 kids within CM Reap province and she gives them access to education. Um, she herself is a survivor of the Khmer Rouge. Her father was an educator and was murdered. And it's been her life's mission to be able to once again, replant the seed of education for, for her community. And so spending time with her and, you know, seeing the amazing work that she was doing and also being able to volunteer and teach English at uh, some of the different schools really illuminated me because I hadn't really done any kind of volunteering like that before. Um, I'd done other kinds of things when I was younger, but having that kind of connection and meeting with with kids uh who i would never have met with you know otherwise had i not gone on that program was was really eye-opening as well especially in terms of seeing um just the vast difference in terms of their upbringing versus versus my upbringing and how really like access to education is is so incredible because it it, it creates opportunity and also um a socioeconomic you know trickle down effect as well Anyways, long story short, um, Cambodia stayed very near and dear to my heart. I ended up uh, majoring in journalism. I went back to Cambodia after I graduated and was a reporter doing um, NGO coverage, you know, and staying with Harry Lee. And that was when I had a first real look in terms of how different NGOs are run and seeing um, some of them are run really well. Others, you know, their heart may have been in the right place, but perhaps... Um, they were, you know, short on on resources, and that really stayed with me. And I came back to New York, and I was freelancing and teaching yoga, and I ended up getting really upset because I saw how yoga was presented in New York, and you know, I'm from LA originally, originally, and also in LA, and I felt like it was a farce, and that there was 
very performative and you'd see you know studios or teachers you know doing retreats all over the world into countries that are not so different from Cambodia but there was never any kind of um incentivization or give back that was included and I just felt like that was a huge injustice because if being able to go on a yoga retreat is a luxury being able to practice yoga is a luxury because it means you have your sustenance your shelter and your safety taken care of and I thought it was such a great disservice to not include any kind of cultural immersion or even bringing supplies like pens and paper or even like sanitary napkins. And so it was actually from that point of, of anger and of outrage, which I know, you know, people often don't maybe necessarily equate to wanting to start something, but it was really from that place that I'm like, something needs to change. And so I started my charity in 2016, and the idea was to combine yoga and um, travel, um, you know, also creating a, a place or um, rather um, a vehicle to destinations that weren't your typical yoga retreats. And so giving people the opportunity to be able to travel, mostly single women, you know, come on these trips because they feel safe and it's, you know, vetted and, you know, we make sure everything is um, as secure as possible, but then also the biggest part is the give back. So, you know, always including in the itinerary, when you sign up in the tuition price, we include a three to $500 donation that goes directly to our partner organization on the ground that is connected with girls education. So be it a girls dormitory in Morocco or, um, a female, um, sports self-empowerment program in Rwanda, we ensure that our time in those countries creates a positive um, ripple effect and a deep impact. Well, I love that story, first of all, because it kind of just happens. So if you're listening and thinking, how do I find my purpose? Well, you're already on your path. I think so often when we think I'm not on my path, I don't know what to do. Just own the fact that wherever you are is exactly where you're supposed to be. And so it sounds like you know, you, you started and you went to Cambodia and you met this amazing woman. And then I love the fact that you were, um, in, you were motivated by anger. You know, usually anger is not the most productive emotion. If we're like, you know, angry at the person who cut us off and we give them the finger or our spouse or kids, whatever our job, but being angry because you see something wrong happening in the world is a really, really powerful channel for change. So I love that you, you know, just you, you started on your path and synchronicity things lined up. You got outraged at what you saw. And you're right. There's absolutely the two things you're really working to change is this um, performative yoga where you do see these people who are perfect bodies and they're doing these, you know, incredible poses. And it's all about looking good. It's not about connecting and feeling good and evolving. It's all about, Hey, you can be like me, or I want to be like you. And that just makes you feel less than. So I love that you want to fight that. And then also when you see these retreats, you want to bring people somewhere where they don't normally go, where it incorporates travel, where women feel safe, but then they can also give back. So I know that there's a portion um, of your retreat where a portion of the money that goes to the retreats is going back to your nonprofit. And then are people also doing service as part of the, the yoga retreat? So um, in that capacity, our nonprofit acts as an intermediary organization. So essentially, we are fundraising for our partners on the ground. And so the three to five hundred dollars that we include goes directly to our partners on the ground. And it's during 
that moment, that opportunity that you can actually, you know, visit the girls dorm and have lunch with them. And we usually do an art class and then we learn all about their lives and really see firsthand um, what a day in their life, you know, looks like to the best, to the best of our ability. And so I think it's a more powerful way to give instead of just sending like a blanket check or um, calling it, I don't know if people still call them like toll free numbers, you know, for, for donations. Um, Cause you're actually seeing like, this is what happens when I show up and this is what happens when I decided to travel here. And I actually get to connect and meet these young women and see where, where my funds are going. And so, um, you know, it's through that, that we've been able to expand, you know, scholarship programs for these different organizations, um, buy school supplies, uniforms, um, food, backpacks, you know, sanitary napkins, which I keep saying over and over again, because, you know, period poverty is an unfortunate reality. And so um, that to me is the most impactful part of these trips um, is meeting and connecting with these young women. Uh, Cause I think it's really inspiring that they are now on this, um, this very intense, you know, academic journey and yoga ends up, you know, helping and, and supporting them through that. Um, but that's more connected with, with the other side of the charity, which is our, um, our on the ground yoga teacher training. So actually teaching girls and young women how to teach yoga so that they can culturally adapt it and, um, make it accessible for themselves and their communities instead of just, you know, waiting for, for us, not that they do, but, you know, so they actually have the skill set. It's like that expression. I'm going to mess it up. But when you, when you teach, teach someone to fish or you know, right. something like that, yeah, <laughs> Yeah, that is so cool. So many different arms to what you are doing from, you know, giving people an opportunity to give back financially and really connect and feel like they're doing good in the world. And then really helping these girls and young women to learn yoga and to have their needs met and to, to really benefit from um, support around their education. And if you're listening, you're thinking, yeah, I'd like to learn yoga. I kind of want to go on a retreat. Uh, Jordan's uh, company, her foundation is called Sojourn Yoga. It's S-O-U-L and Jorn, J-O-U-R-N uh, Yoga. You can Google it, go there. I'm actually kind of thinking this could be really cool. I don't know. I'm just, I haven't done a yoga retreat in such a long time, but what a, what a cool idea. Instead of going to the, you know, the typical beautiful place in you know Costa Rica, Mexico, which is lovely, go somewhere where you can actually connect with the people and really make a difference. Absolutely. You know, what I was seeing beforehand is, you know, as you mentioned, you know, these retreats and kind of these typical, like, you know, yoga retreat destinations and that there isn't any kind of, you know, connection with, you know, local population or even wanting to learn about the history. It really was a retreat in terms of like hiding, you know, kind of like Siddhartha behind, behind the palace, you know, wall in that the retreats were very much in a bubble. And I'm all about going out in the world and trying new foods and exploring and, um, and just learning. Cause I think, you know, travel is, is one of the best educations that you can have. And then when we're able to do that, it, it creates deep and profound, you know, empathy as well. Um, in terms of being able to learn uh, from people who live there. And, um, I think it makes us realize often that, um, that the world is big and we're very small and it's a it's an honor to be able to to meet someone from a different destination or a different part of the world who you wouldn't connect with otherwise like had you not decided to journey there 
Yeah, and I love to the specificity of helping people and also seeing how you are having an impact, because I think one of the issues that I have, and I think the women that I work with, and I'm coaching, and I'm helping them find their passion and their purpose is, you can just get so overwhelmed by all the pain and suffering that's happening in the world and feel like what difference does little old me have to make? You know, when we take a look at all of the difficulties, uh, if you, it's hard to figure out what can I actually do, but this is a way that you're giving back to yourself and enjoying yourself and also making a difference in the lives of these girls. And I'm curious, can you share a story or two? And I'm assuming you have some midlife women who probably go to these retreats because I think about like midlife women go to yoga retreats. It's kind of what we do that they've had an amazing experience. Can you share a story or two? Yeah. Well, my mom, <laughs> my mom's been on three. <laughs> um, and you know what, like in her heyday, she was a gymnast, but you know, she had, um, she's had two spinal fusions. And so she, I can, you know, say from, from her, she's definitely not in, in the same, um, athletic, you know, shape that, that she used to be. And I think for her, the biggest part of, of these kinds of experiences and granted, you know, she's going to be, um, yeah, she's, she's my mom. Um, <laughs> But I think for her, it's it's about the travel component. And she always says to me, like, I never thought I would land up like on the Tibetan plateau, or I never thought I would, you know, land up um in Nicaragua, you know, visiting this after school program for for um for young women. Um, but we get a lot of women of from of all ages, actually, honestly, mostly um women in 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 their mid in their midlives who are um who want to travel with us. I think it's a matter of maybe wanting a different kind of experience because while yoga is the portal, it's not everything. At least that that's how I kind of envision these trips. It's that, yes, we do do yoga and like, you know, we'll do yoga class in the morning, but then that's kind of it in terms of the physical practice. For me, it's more about the heart opening. It's more about the multi-sensory experience. It's more about you know, um, going on like a night food market tour and like a tuk-tuk, which is something we do in Cambodia. And I love it. And it's great. And it's more about the adventure and the wanderlust and having those kinds of um, life-changing experiences that you really only get to experience if you if you travel and if you kind of trust the process, um, as opposed to just, you know, being really rigid with, we're doing yoga two times a day for, for two hours and we have to stay in this like really, you know, um, fine, you know, box. Um, I think it's just like a jumping off point. But at the same time, you are creating this really beautiful container that women can say, you know, I, I, I'm scared to go to Cambodia by myself. I don't know what I would actually do or where I would stay. Cause I think I, I, we've had a, a uh, we had a guest on a while back talking about solo traveling. And I think being a woman, solo traveling can be really intimidating. So although you're, you're giving people a not, it's not a box, but a nice container where they can do yoga, they can be with other women, they can have the kind of connection. So the cool thing about retreats is that everybody changes everybody. It's all about like meeting this woman and going, oh my God, we have so much in common. I've, I've had clients, they've gone to retreats and they're like, I met all these people going through divorce, just like me. And I met, you know, people who have like gone through breast cancer and we're all connecting in such beautiful ways and synchronicities really start to happen. So I'm also curious, how did you deal with your fear? Like when you just decided like, okay, I'm going to start this foundation or I'm going to really put up the money and make a retreat happen. How did you deal with the fear and the learning curve of doing something that's really quite powerful, right? But also, you know, getting on the TEDx stage. I'm working on a TED talk right now on body image and self-compassion. So I'm kind of like working through some of the things around that, but how do you deal with your fear around 
really this creating something bold and beautiful? Um, for me, I would say I'm hands down my worst, my own worst enemy. Like, so that's something that I'm constantly having to, to negotiate. It's that, that voice that says like, you can't do it. You're not doing it well enough. These people are doing it better than you, blah, 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 blah. Um, which I think we all have to varying degrees, but I think, you know, I've had this charity now for, for almost seven years and, um, growing with it and learning from it is there's a point in time where you just kind of let go. And it's not that I don't care. I do care. I care very much. But instead of maybe dwelling on like the little things that would really bog me down and cause me to have, you know, sleepless nights, I'm more focused on the bigger picture and I'm more focused on kind of what happens next instead of all of the minute, you know, issues that are kind of bogging me down in that in that present moment. And I think if we're able to to kind of with a sense of pure, like purity and, and distilling and seeing, okay, like right now things might feel really murky and really uncertain and I might not feel good enough, but, but future Jordan, like she's going to be great at this. And like, I believe in her. I think she's going to rock it. I think she's going to absolutely, you know, do fantastic with her TEDx or she's you know, going to be really eloquent and, you know, not say um too much, which, you know, not shit. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, Yep. There you go. So I think it's about, um, seeing, almost seeing projecting ourselves into the future. Yeah. Thinking about what's my best future self. And I love the fact that you have this perfectionist. I think a lot of us do. And I always encourage people to really see if you can get, get to know these inner voices. Don't, you know, try to push them away, but thinking about, okay, how is this perfectionist trying to help me? And what new role could I give to this perfectionist? Like, can you go like take a little time out? And if you see that I've made a really big mistake, like something that's going to harm me, let me know. Or, and then asking like, what does the voice of self-compassion say? The voice that says, I love you and I believe in you. And I know that you want to make a real difference in the world and feel good about yourself, but just giving some space to that self-compassionate voice and knowing that fear is going to show up. If you're stepping outside your comfort zone, you're going to be afraid if you're listening, going, Oh my gosh, I, you know, I'm a little scared to travel or I'm scared to like volunteer, do something new. Know that that's just neuroscience. So your brain isn't interested in you being actualized or making a difference in the world. It's not interested in you stepping outside your comfort zone because that's unsafe. Your brain just wants to keep you safe and safe means feeling comfortably uncomfortable all of the time. So absolutely um, amazing lessons for, for moving forward, for getting rid of that perfectionist. I find it's really helpful too, to think about the people that you want to help. And mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, I'm a woman of privilege. I've been really, you know, I, I was born with really a lot of opportunities and thinking about all the people who don't have that and focusing on them instead of that. And I love that idea of the future self, right? Like what is my future self going to be proud of like what even doing a journaling exercise or envisioning I did this this morning um I know it's this is evergreen but it was we had just had the full moon lunar eclipse and sort of feeling a little scrambled and overwhelmed and frustrated and things it was kind of like okay just write like what's your 10 10 years from now what's that self about who do you want to be what do you want to do and then thinking about what am I doing today to contribute to that person how did she get there? And then sort of picking one thing to do and moving forward with it. I'm also curious about how did um, intuition play a role in you moving forward with your nonprofit? And I know also you're getting a PhD now and sort of plotting your course. 
I think it's through connection. And I think it's from having a really wonderful support system and just, which is, which I feel very lucky and very, and very blessed to be able to say that. Um, and really just going with my gut with it, which I know is like easier said than done, but I've always been someone who like flies by the seat of my pants. I've never been someone who has like a one year, two year, five year, 10 year plan. Like I've always just kind of been in the moment in terms of this feels right, right now. But of course, what, what then happens is, is like, okay, like, was that the right decision? Should I have done this instead? But you just have to really believe in yourself or believe in the cause or, you know, that's why I love having a foundation is because it's something I can get behind as opposed to being in front of. I love that I'm behind it and I love that I'm able to, to create, um, travel opportunities for, for women. And what's so cool is that so many of the women who come on our retreats, they make friends and they'll all plan to go on like the next one together. And so it's ended up creating a really powerful and beautiful community of, of strong, amazing women who, who love to give back while, while traveling. And so, you know, had I really doubted myself and had I, you know, said, oh, I should have more experience. Cause that's, I think that's also something we're told a lot. Like you need to have X amount of, you know, years of experience to do that. Then, then I wouldn't have done it. Um, and so yeah, believe, believe in yourself. Yeah. And this helps out. It's going to come up. And I always say to people, instead of shooting all over yourself, could all over yourself think what could I do and even putting that idea out there and thinking about what could I do so we have about two minutes um any parting words on how midlife women can reinvent themselves and make a difference in the world I think travel I think now I think 2023 is the year of travel I think literally if you have a globe like spin it close like spin it close your eyes and you know maybe it's not the exact country you want but somewhere like within the region and just go because the places where you think sounds so so much like from a, a, a story or somewhere that you've read about or somewhere that you've always wanted to go if you can make it happen i i highly suggest you do because i've never been disappointed by travel i really think it is if if you can do it, it's like the best opportunity to to really learn about yourself. Um, for me, I'm, I feel like I'm always the best version of myself when when I'm doing our programming and I'm doing our retreats and I'm doing our teacher training because all of the kind of little things that tend to bog me down, you know, complaining about waiting too long, waiting too long in line for coffee or being annoyed about you know something that the dogs have done that they shouldn't have done. Like none of that really matters because you have such clarity and you're so open, both in mind and in heart. All right, so travel, and if you are uh, wanting to travel alone, making a difference, interested in yoga, I encourage you to check out Sojourn Yoga. Check out Jordan Ashley. She is amazing. Where can people find you on Instagram real quickly or Facebook? They can find me at Sojourn Yoga or J for Jordan Ashley. All right, Jordan, thank you so much. You have inspired me so much, and I'm, I'm going to do one of your retreats and Maybe we'll find a way to work together. I can't wait to actually meet you in person. Thank you all for listening. It's been such a joy sharing with you. If you've enjoyed the show, leave me a review. Let me know who you'd like to kind of guess you'd like to hear and check me out at themidlifewhisper.com. That's themidlifewhisper.com. We'll check you out next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Rock Your Midlife. We hope this episode has helped you get real, discover who you are, and get the tools to navigate your life. Until we talk again, have a fantastic week and go rock your midlife.